1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. It's my Bible. It is the Word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have, and all the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give a half a dozen people a high five, and then you may be seated. Well, this week, our focus is on confession, specifically on how confession brings possession. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, these are some of the most important verses in the Word of God. Faith must be fed upon God's Word. Say it out loud. Faith must be fed, must be fed upon, God's word. upon God's Word. Many times people wondering, wonder why they're not growing in faith. Well, many times it's because they're not feeding on God's Word. Faith will grow by feeding it, and faith will grow by exercising it. And that is some of the most important, those are the, some of the most important concepts you could get down this week. Faith will grow by feeding it, and faith will grow by exercising it. In other words, we feed upon God's Word, and then we exercise our faith, or we act upon the Word of God. Faith grows by exercising our faith, and faith grows by taking action on God's Word. You know, before we came out, we were discussing amongst ourselves how that a lot of times people don't take action on the Word of God. Then they have all these train wrecks, and then they go into kind of like a cover their backside mode. And ministers do this by saying, well, you know, God has a purpose, God has a plan, God has a reason. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not real big on paying prices that I don't have to pay. Amen. 
And so if I can avoid paying a price in my body, I want to avoid paying a price in my body. If I can avoid paying a price in my marriage, I want to avoid paying a price in my marriage. Amen. It's just my nature. I, I don't want to pay prices and then say, well, you know, the Lord had a plan. You know what the Lord's plan is? You know what the Lord's plan is? Read the Bible and then do it. If we would just follow the plan, we could avoid a lot of this heartache and tragedy. In order to walk by faith and not by sight, we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. We have to be doers of the word and not hearers in order for the word to work for us. I gave you these verses this morning, James 1, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or deluding your own selves. The NIV says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Now, doers of the mer Doers of the word means that we act upon the word. We take action upon the word. We demonstrate our faith in God. We demonstrate our faith in the word of God by taking action on the word of God. Simply reading the word or even meditating on the word will not build faith. I mean, if reading the word built faith, Bible school professors and seminary professors would be full of faith. So just reading the Word or studying the Word or meditating on the Word does not build faith. Now, reading the Word and meditating on the Word will build a capacity for faith. But faith is only built when that Word becomes a part of our daily use, a part of our daily conduct, and a part of our daily speech. The Word of God becomes a reality in us only as we employ it. Only as we put it into practice, put it into action in our daily lives, our daily conduct, and our daily speech. That's when faith grows. When that word becomes a part of our daily use, a part of our daily conduct, a part of our daily speech. That's when faith grows. And as faith grows, Satan's dominion over us wanes. I said, as faith grows... Satan's dominion over us wanes. As we take daily action on the Word of God, God's Word grows in taking dominion over our lives, and Satan's influence over our lives wanes. As faith grows, circumstances become less formidable, and fear is destroyed. By building faith, by taking action on the Word of God in our daily lives, we can come to a place in life where fear is totally and utterly destroyed in our lives and a thing of the past. As your faith grows, you begin to possess your rights in Christ. You begin to take what belongs to you. At first, you begin to take the things that you merely hoped for before. You hope for money. Now by faith, you have it. You hope for healing. Now by faith, you have it. Unfortunately, so many take contradicting positions on the Word of God simultaneously. They say, by His stripes I am healed, and then later they say, I'm sick. Out of the same well comes fresh water and salt water simultaneously. And this should not be, James 3, 10, and 11. When people do this, they have agreed that the Word of God is true, but they have not acted upon it because they have said, I'm sick. If they had acted upon the word, they would say, the word says, by his stripes I have been healed, and so I know I have been healed. 
Now, again, like I said this morning, when you start down this road, Satan will call you out. And when I say Satan will call you out, I'm not talking about somebody with a tail and a broomstick and a witch's hat showing up at your front door. I remember when we started down this road. We started down this road in earnest in 1989 because our backs were to the wall financially. And we were determined to reverse the course and to change our lives. And we didn't just change our confession financially. We just changed our confession in every area of life. And I remember when my parents would visit, they would say, Austin's sick or Christina's sick. And Sue or I would say, they're overcoming. And my mom or dad would say, well, they're sick. They have a runny nose or they're sneezing or whatever. And we would maintain what we said. And we would say, they're fine. They're overcoming. They'll be completely well by morning, whatever we would say. But you're going to be challenged on it. You are going to be challenged on your confession of the Word of God. So many just merely agree that the Bible is true, which is becoming less and less every year that goes by in America. Well, you can agree that the Bible is true all day long, but that will not change your circumstances. It's when you act upon God's Word that the Word becomes real to you and manifests itself in your life. You can come to the place by making your faith grow, by taking action on the Word of God, to where when any symptom hits your physical body, you start laughing out loud and you say to Satan, Satan, don't you know you can't put that on me? You can reach the place by acting on the Word of God to where you just look up and say, thank you, Father God, because your Word says, by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed, and so I know that I'm healed. The, the Word of God says I'm healed. The Bible says that Jesus took up my infirmities and carried my diseases. The Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. And so I declare on the authority of God's word that I am well, I am healed. We need to learn how to immediately. And this is a lesson that I learned in life that I wish I had learned sooner. Because Satan will get a foothold in our lives. And it's easier to keep him out than to get him out. Now, I'm not saying we can't get him out, but I'm just saying I have learned to immediately take action when anything is going on in my body and to immediately begin to laugh and dance and say to Satan, don't you know you can't put that off on me? Amen? Because sickness and disease do not belong to us, do they? I said, do they? And we need to do something else too. James 1, 2 says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. So don't complain and don't get negative. Count it all joy in every trial and test. Repeatedly, not so much anymore, but over previous years, the Lord has told me, don't complain about it when the grandchildren get sick because he told me that's how I designed their bodies to build immunities. And so... A lot of times we complain. I mean, this is the complaining generation, and people are just so ignorant, it's unbelievable. A person on welfare in the United States of America is richer than most people in other countries of the world. But all anybody can, I mean, we've got literally got a princess and a prince 
complaining. We got the richest woman in the world complaining. We, we got a guy that was, uh, you know, the first black man elected president of the United States, and all he can do is complain. I mean, how about somebody showing, showing some gratitude? You know, my goodness. I mean, I've never been a prince. Of course, I'm a prince of God. But I mean, I've never been a, a natural prince or the richest, thank God, I've never been the richest woman in the world. Uh, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying, but how about showing some gratitude? But all people can do is complain, 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 and you're not going to get anywhere with God complaining. Amen. Amen. So don't complain and get negative. Count it all joy in every trial and test. And so we need to learn how to count it all joy. And then just go to praising God that His Word is true. Throwing in some laughter and dancing sure helps. And in the midst of the praising God and in the midst of the laughter and in the midst of the dancing, we'll discover that the symptoms are gone and Satan is defeated once again. Our job is to enforce the defeat of Satan that Jesus won on our behalf. And so we count it all joy. We're not thanking God for the sickness. We're not thanking God for the symptoms, but we are thanking God for another opportunity to prove once again that the devil is defeated and that the word of God is so. We don't count it all joy because we feel like it. We count it all joy because we're doers of the word of God and the word of God says in James 1, 2, to count it all joy. So we don't praise God because we're sick or going through a trial, but we are praising God for another opportunity to believe his word and to enforce the defeat of Satan in our lives. We are praising God for another opportunity to prove that the devil is a liar and to prove once again in our lives that the word of God is true. And we are praising God because it's acting on God's word that causes our faith to grow. We are praising God for the test because a test is just another opportunity to get an A. If we can discipline ourselves to do this, to start out at the point of any test by laughing and praising and dancing, there will be very few times in life we'll actually get around to praying because through the laughing and the praising and the dancing, we will have discovered that our answer has already come to us. See, the word says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So when we respond immediately to any trial or test by laughing and praising and dancing, we are taking action on the word of God. We are acting like we actually believe the word of God to be true. Father, I thank you that I am what you say I am. You say I'm healed, so I'm healed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, I am healed. Somebody will come along, a doctor, your husband, your wife, family, relatives. They'll say, well, you don't look healed. I'm not going by what I look like. Amen. I'm not going by how I feel. Look, if I was going by how I felt, <laughs> I'd be sitting in a rocking chair somewhere on some porch somewhere. Because, you know, I mean, sometimes I just feel, you know, T-I-R-E-D. I hate to say the word. Other days I feel O-L-D. But I, I'm not going by how I feel. I'm going by the word of God. Uh, do you understand? 
And we just have to get up tomorrow morning and go by what God says. Amen. 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 And, and not go by what somebody says about us. Believing, friends, is possessing. And confession is possession. Believing is possession. And confession is possession. The Bible says, John 3, 36, in the King James, He that believeth hath. Shout that out loud. He that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. Again, he that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. Yeah. Not he that believeth is going to get it. That's not faith. That's not Bible believing. He that believeth hath. He has it because he believes he has it. I said he has it because he believes he has it. If you got it, you'd be shouting. I, I, I don't have it because it's in the garage. I don't have it because I feel like it. I don't have it because the statement says I got it. He that believeth hath. He that believeth hath. He has it because he believes he has it. Faith grows in the atmosphere of the confession of the Word of God. Faith grows in the atmosphere of the confession of the Word of God. We're not talking here about the confession of sin. If we have sinned, we confess our sins and he forgives us of our sins. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, purify us, from all unrighteousness. No, we're talking here about confessing what we are in Christ, the confession of what Christ is in us and the confession of what the Word of God says belongs to us. We're talking about confessing who we are in Christ, where we are in Christ, what we possess in Christ, and what we can do in Christ, and that confession of our lips, drawn out of the faith in our hearts, puts us over that mountain or that insurmountable obstacle that seems to stand between us and victory. Now, look back at Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. And notice in verse 23, the word say is used three times, whereas the word believe is used once. For verily I say unto you, we don't count that, that's just Jesus talking. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So maybe we ought to do three times as much teaching and preaching on saying as we do on believing. God's people are primarily not missing it in their believing. They're missing it in their saying. Now listen to what I'm saying, and this is why we're doing this series in these six days. God's people are not primarily missing it in their believing. They're missing it in their saying. And it doesn't work just to believe it. You have to say it. And that's why everything is geared against confession of the Word of God. And look, this didn't begin yesterday. I couldn't tell you how many years ago 
I got up early. We were headed out of Guatemala City. We were staying at the place where we used to stay in Guatemala City. And I got up early, and the mother of the guy that owned the hotel brought me coffee, and I'm in the lobby. And I was up so early, and so I just sprawled out on the sofa, and I was memorizing scriptures for the coming Sunday back home in Arlington. And some American tourist came along and she says, don't you know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says not to read the Word of God in public. <laughs> so I'm telling you, this is not a new agenda. And that's why you got to be smart. You know, you don't want to go to work tomorrow and just start quoting, you know, the Bible. But that's also part of why you're not going to get any further than the average in your circle. Because if you've got a bunch of doubt peddlers in your circle, you're constantly throttling your confession. It doesn't work just to believe it. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't, the word doesn't work just to believe it. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the word doesn't work just to believe it. You have to confess it. Tell him, you got to confess it. Romans 10, 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The King James says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So this word of faith must not only be believed in the heart, it must be confessed with the mouth in order to work for you. And notice this is exactly what God told Joshua, Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law, the word of God, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And you know, somebody somewhere has got to be prosperous and successful so they can tax the heck out of us to hand it over to people who are not prosperous and successful. Too many times, even as believers, this word of faith is not what we have in our mouths. We have some other word in our mouths. And I'm telling you, the pressure's on. Tell your neighbor, the pressure's on. I mean, the pressure's on. We have all these cults. We got all these ideologies. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we are being bombarded 24-7 by social justice or BLM or whatever it is, you know. They, they want us talking about anything and everything, COVID, you know, uh, face diapers, whatever it is. They want us talking about anything and everything except the Word of God. I just don't know how man survived all these thousands of years without being told what to do every minute of every day by Anthony Fauci. And apparently I'm the only one who ever reads, and apparently people don't know that in the history of the, the universe, nobody ever handled a virus like this. But if you come along and say, I got, a, I, I, I got a vaccination. I got what God gave me. I've got an immune system. And by God, my immune system is working 101%, 24-7, 365. They think you're crazy. 
But nobody stops to ask, well, in the history of the world, how did people survive? I just choose to have faith in the one who designed me. I just read it the other evening. David wrote, I was fearfully and wonderfully knitted together. The Hebrew says knitted together in my mother's womb. Hallelujah. I I know this. I trust the Lord more than I trust them. Now I'm going to say what God says. I'm going to say what God says about my life. So too many times, even as believers, this word of faith is not what's in our mouths. We have some other word in our mouths. Look, if you manifest fear, you you got no faith. If you manifest fear, you have no faith. So what we have to do is correct ourselves and retrain ourselves to speak in line with the Word of God. And to tell you the real truth about it, what I confess, I possess. What I confess, I possess. And that's all I'll ever possess. What I confess, I possess, and that's all I'll ever possess. I'll never possess more than I confess. Why don't you say that after me? What I confess... I possess, and that's all I'll ever possess. I'll never possess more than I confess. So you have to be careful about saying, well, I I could never go there. I could never do that. I could never own that. I could never drive that. Stop it. I said last Sunday, a week ago today, that I'd made more mistakes investing than doing anything, than all the other mistakes in my life combined. I remember there was a period of time I got caught in a real downdraft, and I mean, man, I mean, it was just bad. And Sue and I were looking at homes, and we went to one of these parade of homes deal, and there was this open house, and I forgot where it was or who built it or why we were there, and I was walking through that, and she went one way, and I went the other way, and we came and approached each other, and she saw the look on my face, and she lifted up her hand to me. See, you got to help each other. And she said, she said, whatever you're thinking, brother, don't say it. And in 2021, if they gave me that house, I would sign it over to Faith Christian Center as a gift. I wouldn't live in that. I mean, it would be like so many levels down, I wouldn't even think about it. We looked at another house a few years later, a similar situation, and it was on a famous street. If I mentioned the name of the street, you'd know the street, the most expensive real estate in the Metroplex on one street. And we, it was a, a designer house, and I remember the story on that, but I'm not going to call the name. And we walked through that, and I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what, by whatever measure you want to go by is less than what we live in now. So you just got to learn to keep your mouth shut. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell him, shut up. (laughs) Turn to the neighbor on the other side, tell him, shut up. (laughs) You know, like Marilyn Hickey used to say, some of us just need a roll of duct tape. (laughs) 
Say it out loud. I'll never possess, I'll never possess any more any than I confess. We limit ourselves. I want you to see this. It's not Satan limiting you. It's not Fauci limiting you. How can a guy who doesn't even know what day of the week it is limit you? We limit ourselves. Nobody's limiting us. And, and the devil's not doing it. Because... Jesus gave us the victory over Satan. Amen. Jesus made an open show and spectacle of the devil. Amen. If Jesus made an open show and spectacle of the devil, how can the devil do anything to us unless we let him? I gave you Romans 10, 8, but look at the verses following. But look at verses, well, we keep reading from verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. This is the law for entering the household of faith. This is literally the law of faith. And that's what the 2019 Holy Week revival was all about, the law of faith. And this law of faith doesn't just work for salvation. This law of faith works for anything that we desire to receive from our Father, Father God. For our Father is a faith God, and we are to be His people. Say it out loud. We are the faith people of a faith God. To receive anything from Father God, you must approach Him by the laws that He has set up, and He has set up this law of faith. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming or saying that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now he reverses the words confess and believe to believe and confess for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are healed. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are prospered. Just put in there whatever you want. Christianity is actually called the great confession. And the law of that confession is that I must confess I have a thing before I consciously possess it. The law of that confession is that I must confess I have a thing before I consciously possess it. I must confess I have a thing before I can possess it. I must confess that I have a thing before I can possess it. And this is exactly the same law of faith by which we receive our salvation. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now understand, the moment you begin to do this and confess the promises of God in spite of any contrary evidence, the devil will challenge you. He'll challenge you. That's why we did the message this morning. You've got to hold fast your profession of faith. You've got to hold fast your confession of faith because the devil will challenge you. And this is why we need to know that Mark eleven twenty three 23 and Romans 10, 8 to 10 are a law, the law of faith. And this law of faith governs the way God deals with mankind. 
It's a law. For God has no other way of relating to man but his word. That's why they have had this onslaught to get the word of God out of everything, to get the word of God out of the schools, to get the word of God out of politics, to get the word of God out of the media, to get the word of God out of the movies. Sue and I were watching an old Western from, I guess, the 60s, uh, a few weeks ago, and the guy started quoting scripture, and it was like, you know, oh my gosh. But you don't hear scripture in the movies anymore. This law of faith governs the way God deals with mankind. And remember what I said, the, the moment you begin to do this and confess the promises of God, in spite of any contrary evidence, the devil will challenge you. And he will accuse you of lying or being crazy. I, I, I encourage you to go back and watch last year's Holy Week revival because some of the stuff I said was crazy. But it all came to pass. I confessed it. And then I possessed it. Hallelujah. You can't even name another church in America that is operating full steam and has only been dinged the little bit that we've been dinged in our attendance. You, cannot, you can't name another church in America whose donated income went up 51% last year. You can't even name another church in America where they didn't bury anybody last year. Haven't buried anybody this year. Amen? You know, I've got some oldsters, and I, every time I see them, I, I ask them, I tease them, you still holding out for the rapture? Amen? I mean, you know, who, who wants to go out one way, we, you can go out the better way. Amen? Amen? But how can you be lying when you are just repeating what God has said about your life? How can you be lying when you are just repeating what God has said about your circumstances? Just tell the devil if he wants to argue about what you're saying, tell him to go argue with God because you're just saying what God says. With the heart, man believes and is justified, and with the mouth, man confesses and is saved. See, Romans 10, 8 to 10 is the law for entering the household of faith. And this same law, the law of faith, prevails in receiving anything from God. With the heart, man believes and is justified, and with the mouth, man confesses and is saved. Now, I want you to notice, and this is huge. Tell your neighbor, this is huge. I want you to notice that the confession of the lips for salvation comes before God acts upon our spirits and recreates them. Did you get that? The confession of the lips for salvation comes before God acts upon our spirits and recreates them. You don't get the witness of your salvation in your heart that you are saved, that you are born again, and then confess Jesus is Lord. No, you confess Jesus is Lord, and then you get the witness of your salvation in your heart that you are saved and that you are born again. You confess it, and your confession creates the reality in your heart. You confess the Word of God, 
And the confession of the word of God is what creates the reality in your heart. You confess it, and then God acts upon your spirit and recreates it. This same law, the law of faith, prevails when receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit or receiving healing or receiving anything else from Father God because it is a law. It is the law of faith. The confession of the lips for salvation comes before God acts upon our spirits and recreates them. The confession of the lips for healing comes before God acts upon our bodies and heals them. The confession of the lips for prosperity comes before God acts upon our work and blesses our labor. Now, when I say what I'm going to say, I nearly, I nearly used a phrase this morning. And I thought, well, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's not PC anymore. But I'm, I'm getting ready to use one right now on purpose. When I use a phrase like this, I'm not anti any group, but everybody understands what I'm saying. A lot of people live in a perpetual Mexican standoff. No offense, but we all understand what I'm saying. You got one person waiting on the other and the other person waiting on this one. And you got people, and they do this their whole lives. Well, when, when my ship comes in, I'll tithe. When I get a better job, I'll tithe. When I have enough money, I'll tithe. Uh, you know, when I find the right woman, I'll get married. And that probably is probably a good thing to do. But, <laughs> but in other words, delay, delay, delay. I think the whole world's full of lawyers. Because, you know, that's what lawyers do. Delay, 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 and the problem goes away. Well, in real life, it doesn't go away. So a lot of people are waiting on God, but God's waiting on them. Are you getting it? A lot of people are waiting on God, but God's waiting on them. So think about it. The biggest test of my entire life, the biggest test of this generation, the biggest test so far of the 21st century and I stood right there a year ago this week and said what God said and said what I wanted and didn't say what I feared or didn't say what the world wanted me to fear and we got what I said <laughs> now listen I don't know what more proof you need because this was this was the biggest challenge of our lifetimes and we skated we pulled ahead because you understand those rich cats aren't sending us a nickel no Hollywood money here no government money here. We didn't take any of the loan money. So the increase in donated income of 51%, where did it come from? It came from you all. Ewans, weans, usins. So God blessed us. Just like we said. 
in the midst of the biggest mess of our entire lifetimes. The confession of the lips for salvation comes before God acts upon our spirits and recreates them, comes before God acts upon our bodies and heals them, comes before God blesses our labor and prospers us. The law of faith prevails when receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit or receiving healing or receiving anything else from Father God because it's a law, it's a law of faith. And this law of faith governs the way God deals with mankind. See, I said this morning that when, when I went to school, they, they taught us, at the end of the day, now it wasn't couched in these terms, but at the end of the day, they taught us how God created the earth. You know, six times six equals 36. Two plus two equals four. Algebra, geometry, whatever. They taught us the way God made it. You know, in my generation, we just knew things that apparently people don't know anymore. You put a pig and a horse in a, in a lot, you get nothing. You put two stallions in a lot, you get a fight. You put two bulls in a lot, you get nothing except maybe a fight. You put a bull and a heifer in a lot, guess what? You're going to have little cows. We, we didn't try and, they didn't teach us what they wanted to be in their little peanut brain imaginations perverted by the father of lies. Amen. They taught us what was. Yes. So I'm just doing the same thing. I'm teaching you the way it is. Amen. If you want something from God, you cannot go to God based on your theories, your ideas, your opinions. Well, I just think, you know, it ought to be this way. You ain't going to get squat. Amen. Because he is God. And he honors faith because that is who he is in the beginning. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And Father God said, call Fauci and find out what we should do. God said, whoo-wee, it sure is dark out there. What did God do? He said, let there be light. He's a faith God. And if you would receive anything from this God, you must approach him inside the parameters of the system that he designed. And then not complain about it. Well, I just don't see why I got to say all that stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, how many of these things do I have to come to? Three of this, four of that, seven of this, you know. Uh, got to memorize all this Bible. I don't have time to read the Bible. You know, my favorite show is on. And complain, 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 and all of that. And get nowhere. And get nowhere. And get nowhere. But you can walk by faith and not by sight and live in the fat of the land. Be blessed in your coming and be blessed in your going and be blessed in your household and, and be blessed in your home and be blessed in your marriage and be blessed in your fields and be blessed in your livestock. Amen. If you have any livestock. Amen. Amen. There are certain laws 
that govern God's dealings with men. And when you act in obedience to those laws, your faith will work. And when you don't act in obedience to those laws, your faith won't work. You know, I've heard it 47 years. Well, I just don't think. Well, I know that in 2021. When people say, I just don't think, I know they're telling the truth. Well, I just don't believe that. I, I mean, I, if I had a nickel for every time I've heard, I don't believe that, I'd have a lot of nickels. But everything we have came through these processes. Amen. All of it. I give my Father God all the credit, all the glory, and all the honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are laws that govern the operation of electricity, and if you abide by those laws, electricity will work for you, and if you don't, that electricity will not work for you. You've got to believe it and confess it before you can receive it, whatever it is. You've got to believe it, and you've got to confess it before you receive it, whatever it is. The law of God is, the law of faith is, you believe and confess it's yours, and then it comes into being. You believe and confess it's yours, and then it comes into being. The same thing is true in regard to healing. I confess that by His stripes I am healed. I say He has taken up my infirmities and He has carried my diseases. By His stripes I am healed. The disease or symptoms may not leave my body at once, but I hold fast to my confession. Hebrews 4.14, I gave you this morning, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Our faith keeps pace with our confession. Say it, tell your neighbor, our faith keeps pace with our confession. Tell the neighbor on the other side, our faith keeps pace with our confession. So hold fast, bless God, to the right confession. We know that, that what God has said, He is able to perform. Say it out loud, what God has said, He is able to perform. Romans 4.21, Abraham was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Abraham was fully persuaded that what he had promised he was also able to perform. We need to imitate the faith of our father in the faith Abraham. Romans 4, picking up in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's who he is. He calls those things which are not as though they were. Those things which are not present tense as though they were past tense. That's who God is. That's who God is. I grow more alarmed every week of my life now in 2021 because I am convinced people have no idea who they're dealing with. I'm convinced Christians have no idea who they're dealing with. I'm convinced ministers have no idea who they're dealing with. They think that, uh, you know, he's some kind of rubbery, uh, flexible, uh, moving target, morality type deity. They have no idea. He's right. 
and we're wrong. He's holy and we're not. <laughs> it's his way. Forget about the highway. It's his way or it's hell. That's it. That's who, that's who he is. And, and I just decided to be happy about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy about it. Yeah, but thus saith the Lord Almighty. Great. I'm so happy. Just be happy about it. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Cool. I'm happy about it. I'm so happy. See, and not resist and rebel and be destroyed. Tell your neighbor, get happy. Tell the neighbor on the other side, get happy. Because this is who he is. He calls those things which are not present tense as though they were past tense. That's just who he is. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact. He had to face the fact because every time he went in there to that tent to get it on with that sister Sarah, that, that chick was 89 years old. Let's blow out the candles, honey. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver. Exactly what we saw in Hebrews. He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. It's all about the word. 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 And that's why those 10 spies had an evil report because their report besmirched the word. The promise of God. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised, what he had promised, what he had promised. It's about the word. That's why confession is critical because we have to express our faith in the word. We've got to verbalize our faith in the word. And Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And if Jesus called that generation 2,000 years ago adulterous and wicked, what would he call America in 2021? And yet in churches across the land, they're ashamed of God they, they might talk about Jesus a little, but they're ashamed of Father God and they're ashamed of the Word. I'm not going to miss the rapture to make some ungodly person who's headed to hell happy, and it doesn't matter. Haven't you figured this out? Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how many times you apologize. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're not going to be happy. They're still going to hate your guts. 
That one football player a few years ago, I, I read an article, he apologized 19 times and they wouldn't let up on him for whatever it was he said or did. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. The words, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were not written for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Now listen, when we started out, we started out at the tail end of the charismatic movement. And so we don't see this so much anymore. But back in those days, in the hotel days, at the tail end of the charismatic uh, movement, we had folks coming through and they were naming it, uh, claiming it, blabbing it, grabbing it, all of that stuff. And so what they would do is they, they would confess uh, prosperity and not go to work. They would confess prosperity and wait for the check in the mail. They would confess prosperity and then come to church on Sunday and mooch from their brothers. But that's not taking action on the Word of God. Now we don't have that so much anymore. Now they just sit by the mailbox and wait for their check or mooch off their brothers and they don't confess that they're blessed coming in and blessed going out. This is love for God. To obey His commands. And His commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. See, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. Amen. And the world's not going to be happy with your success or your prosperity or whatever. Some of you work in places where they're not even, they're, they're not even, they're angry that you're married and happy simultaneously. I mean, they're not going to be happy. So if they're not going to be happy, why lift a finger to make them happy? That, that's my thinking. If you can't make them happy, why try? Not that I was going to in the first place. Now, friends, you just have to get your mind right on this. We are faith children of a faith God, and the word won't work for you by going by your opinion. You must discipline yourself to operate God's way, and God's way is the faith way. Why? Because he is the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. I said, he is the God who gives life to the dead, quickens the dead, and calls things that are not as though they were. E.W. Kenyon wrote, faith is acting in the face of contrary evidence. The senses declare it cannot be, but faith shouts it is. About 60 days after last year's Holy Week revival, when I made all those outrageous declarations, we, we didn't have that big pop in our donated income. And the Lord spoke to me and reminded me about a conversation I'd had, must have been 20 years previous, with Kenneth Hagin. And it was so odd, because normally he doesn't do this to me, but he must have brought that to my attention about 15 times in just a few days. And so... We sent a $100,000 donation to Rama Bible Training Center. Faith Christian Center sent a $100,000 donation to Rama Bible Training Center. 
And I'm telling you, something just broke loose. Hallelujah. I mean, before the month was out, that hundred grand marched right back in the door. And then before the year was out, it marched in the door over and over and over and over again and stacked up to a 51% increase in donated income 2020 over 2019. Hallelujah. Glory. But see, what if, what if I had been nervous Nelly I, I mean I can't do that man I can't I can't give somebody I mean this is man haven't you heard of COVID <laughs> you understand what I'm saying in other words it's not just the saying it you believe in your heart you confess with your mouth and then you act like Amen. what God has said is so And it's the acting like what God has said is so that trips people up. Because acting like what God has said is so brings criticism. I mean, some of you all have brought visitors and uh, they would never come back because I didn't ride up to the church on a donkey and I don't wear sandals. Well, he's not humble. I want a preacher who's humble. Well, I'm humble before Father God, but I, I'm as bold as a lion when I stand before men. Amen. Amen. And I'm not going to dishonor my Lord that way. Amen. I said, I'm not going to dishonor my Lord that way. Amen. And the only reason Jesus rode a donkey, donkey back then was, well, they didn't have Rolls Royce. The only reason he wore sandals was because they didn't have floor shines or whatever. I'm telling you what, you'd be shocked to enter his presence. Wealth such as you have never beheld. Wealth such as you have never comprehended. Wealth such as you have never even begun to imagine. And we are his children. We are his sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. So I have to act like the word is so. See, some of y'all are still playing the game of calling in sick when you're not sick. Yeah, but those are my sick days. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care if they're frisbee days. <laughs> you're silly to say you're sick when you're not sick. Amen. Well, I need a day off. Then take a day off. Amen. Yeah, but they'll charge me for that. That 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 sick day is. Uh, 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 Call in and say you're sick because you want a day off. If you want a day off, take a day off. Arrange a day off. But don't, don't call somebody and say, I'm sick when you're not sick because guess what will happen? You'll be sick. I know that I'm healed because God said that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. God says I'm healed. Circumstances say I'm, I'm, I'm fighting something. Well, I'm going to go with what God has said. With his stripes. In the Old Testament, it was present tense. 
with his stripes we are healed. But in the New Testament, it's past tense because Jesus came and did the work. Not on the cross there. He did the work on the whipping post. With his stripes, we have been healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I have been healed, I am healed. Yeah, but you know, we got the symptom, we got this, we got that. Well, I'm healed. I say I'm healed. And then I get up and I act like I'm healed. I go to work like I'm healed. I act like I'm healed. And then some of you are still playing the game where you want sympathy from your husband or your wife. I don't feel so hot. Bring me soup. (laughs) Get up, get dressed, shave, act like you're well. Amen. Amen. My confession is not based on any feelings or any other evidence. You see, this is so contrary to the culture because we live now in the feeling generation. Well, I, I, I feel. And people pay $450 an hour because they don't have any friends they can talk to and they don't, they're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They don't know God, so they pay $450 an hour to go talk to a guy and the guy or gal says, or the it says, how does that make you feel? <laughs> well, it doesn't make any difference at all how I feel about anything because the only thing that matters in my life is what has God said. I'm not going by how I feel. I'm going by what God has said. You've heard me tell this a thousand times, man. We go to Miami. We stay at the place we stay. And we're right there where there's the, uh, the waterway from the causeway out into the Atlantic Ocean and, and yachts go by and, and you know I don't know anything about yachts so a couple of years ago I got online and I started looking up yachts and trying to find a yacht like I just saw go by and I found one it was 330 million dollars <laughs> I told Sue I said I gotta go back out and pray I, I, I feel like a I feel like a poor man. And then a little old fishing boat go by and I laugh. Say, there goes Pastor Gene. <laughs> but I'm not going by how I feel. I said, I'm not going by how I feel. I'm not going by how I feel. Hallelujah. And I'm not going by what the world says. I'm not going by what someone else says. I am who God says I am. I am where God says I am. I have what God says I have, and I can do what God says I can do. Hallelujah. So I'm going by what God has said. My confession is not based on any feelings or any other evidence. My confession is based entirely on what God has said. I say what God has said, and then I hold fast my confession of faith. Believing is possession, and confession is possession. Believing is possession. Believing is possessing, and confession is possession. It therefore makes no difference to me what the symptoms may be in my body. In fact, I laugh at them. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say it out loud, the joy of the Lord Lord is my strength. strength. Proverbs 17.22 says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. 
I mean, just think about the impact of what I'm teaching tonight because I read an article, you know, their solution, the government solution was to lock people down and in the last 12 months, the average American has gained, I read this, the average American has gained 29 pounds and of all COVID hospitalizations, 80% of them were obese. Now, you may not think you're obese, but if you're 20 percent over your ideal weight that's not chubby that's obese (laughs) tell your neighbor doggone it I thought I was just chubby (laughs) but if somebody had believed what God had said and confessed what God had said and acted like what God had said was so, they could have gone outside every day the last 365 days. They could have got some sunshine. They could have got some vitamin D and they could have walked and got some exercise and not gained an ounce. But if you hide at home afraid ordering pizza by delivery, you're going to get fat. I just chose to believe what God said. I'm blessed in my going. See, if you say that, well, you got to go. And I'm blessed in my coming. I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in my house. Amen. Amen. No harm shall come nigh unto my tent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. No harm harm shall come nigh unto my tent. You know, I have friends and workmen show up in the yard. And they go out there and police whether they're wearing masks. They come to my house to do electrical work or whatever. Some of these guys wear masks, you know, because of the culture. I tell them, take that crap off. Oh, thank you. I was was having trouble breathing. Thank you. Because no harm. Pastor Gene, you're crazy. No, I'm going by what God has said. The God that created the heavens and the earth. The God that knit me together in my mother's womb. And he said, no harm shall come nigh unto my tent. Yeah, but they might have it. Well, when they cross that threshold, they're going to lose it. Yeah, but they may be carrying it. When they cross that threshold, they're going to drop it at the door. I mean, life is just easier and simpler when we go by what God has said than what man. And man, haven't you figured it out? They change what they're saying every 24 hours. You can't even go by what man's saying because you don't know any given point in time what man's going to say. But what God has said, what God has said has been written down and it hasn't changed and it's not going to change. And Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So I can count on it. 
So I'm not walking by the symptoms. I'm walking by the word. I'm not walking by the symptoms. I'm walking by what God has said. I'm not walking by what the news media says. So I laugh at the symptoms because I know that the symptoms are a lie and the word of God is true. I said the symptoms are a lie and the word of God is true. See, Satan is a master deceiver, but I choose to not be deceived. Satan is a liar and the father of all lies, but I choose to not believe a lie. If we would learn to respond to symptoms or adverse circumstances by laughing and praising and dancing, there would be very few times we'd actually get around to praying because through the laughing and the praising and the dancing, our answer would have already come. So no matter what the symptoms may be, I laugh at them. And in the name of Jesus, I command the author of disease to leave my body. He, the author of disease, is defeated, and I am a victor in Jesus Christ. I have authority over him, and I exercise my authority, and I tell him, take your hands off my body, my mind, my will, my emotions, my family, my wife, my son, my daughter, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, my grandchildren, my ministry, Faith Christian Center, St. Paul's Preparatory Academy. Take your hands off my money, my investments, my investment, decision-making process. Father God, I overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Father God, you bear witness and testimony that when it comes to all things pertaining to me and mine, I'm hands off Satan and all of his followers. Now when it comes, now when you confess what God's word says about your life, Satan will challenge you. I mean, think about it. If it took Jesus quoting the word three times to get Satan to leave him alone, what makes you think you can run the devil off without at least quoting three different verses to him that cover your case from the word of God? Satan will come to you and say, this time you're not going to get your healing. You might have got healed last time, but you're not going to get it this time. And your response ought to be, why do I have to get my healing when Jesus already got it for me? I'm not going to get my healing. I have it. I said, I'm not going to get my healing. I have it. Why do I need to go get something Jesus already got for me? I have it. I'm not planning on getting my healing. I have it. Shout it out loud five times. I have my healing. Why should I have to go get my healing when Jesus already got it for me? Matthew 8, 17, he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And if you went to school after the 80s, that's past tense. That's completed action. That means he did it. The word says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24, that's past tense. That's completed action. It's already been done. If I was healed by his stripes, that means I am healed right now. Shout it out loud. If I was healed by his stripes, I am healed right now. I don't need to go get it. Jesus got it for me. All I've got to do is believe it, confess it, and act like it. Then I walk in it. 
in every difficulty and challenge of life, we should be so trained in the Word of God, the first thing to come out of our mouths ought to be, well, the Word says. Now, I know that to some that would make you a fanatic, but it works. And this is how Jesus operated. I mean, he spent those three years of ministry walking around Galilee quoting the Word of God, and the Word of God that he knew was the Old Testament. And yet, how many ministers today are ashamed of the Old Testament, but that's what Jesus walked around quoting. I have learned this law, that when I boldly confess, then and only then do I possess. I have learned this law, that when I boldly confess, then and only then do I possess. We need to give the word its place. God has spoken, and we need to take sides with the word. I make my lips do their work, and I give the word its place. God has spoken, and I take sides with the word. When you take sides with the word, you have taken sides with God. If I side with the disease or the pain, then there is no healing for me. But if I take sides with the word, and I re, then I repudiate the disease and the sickness. See, we, we, we don't understand this, that we decide. Satan's not deciding anything about your life. And God's not deciding anything about your life. You are in charge of your life. You are the prophet of your life. So what are you prophesying? I said, you are the prophet of your life. So what are you prophesying? My confession gives me possession. Psalm 116.10, I believe, therefore have I spoken. See, David had a saying faith. Psalm 116.10, I believe, therefore have I spoken. 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul writes, We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also, the, we also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. And that's why they got this whole thing about shutting speech down. We having the same spirit of faith that David had speak. Words are the dominion factor regarding what you believe. Your words have dominion over what you believe. That's why it's so deadly and dangerous to repeat the lies of the world. The first big lie of the world that caught my attention was they're born that way. I saw it for what it was way back all those years ago that it was to condition God's people away from the word of God to believe a lie. And not just to believe a lie, to confess a lie. And Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me and of my words... In this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the most terrifying thing I can imagine in 2021. The dawn breaks from the east. We look up. Jesus is there. And people left and right of us begin rising 
and they look like they've changed. They're, they're not wearing their, their regular clothing. They're wearing robes that are white but look like they've been dipped in blood. And, and I'm on the earth and I'm thinking, come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm, I'm here, I'm here. And he looks down and says, I don't know you. Who are you? I'm ashamed of you. You can't come on this excursion. You didn't pay the price with your mouth. You were ashamed of me, and you were ashamed of my words. Now you get to live the rest of your days with the Satan and his crowd. It's the most frightening thing I can imagine. Even living the way I live, even living the way I live, a lot of mornings, you know, job number one is make sure Sue's still here. Because <laughs> if Sue's still here, I'm okay. It's frightening to think I could be left behind. I got to stand strong. I got to stand tall. <clears throat> I've got to stand with the Ancient of Days, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Yeah, but pastor, see, let me go ahead and deal with the bottom line. Yeah, but pastor, you could die doing that. So what? Haven't you figured it out? Ain't nobody getting out alive. There's only one way to get out alive, and that's to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of the rapture. Other than that, ain't nobody getting out alive. Yeah, but Pastor Gene, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I heard this, I'd have a bunch of nickels. Pastor Gene, I knew somebody, and, uh, <clears throat> and they believed God, and they were full of faith, and they died. What do you say about that? And I would say, well, I'd hate to think about dying any other way. The day I die, if I die, I want to be full of faith the day I die. You want to be what? Cursing God? Mad at God? Cussing God? No. If I die, <clears throat> I want to be full of faith the day I die. Amen. Believe in God till the last moment. Full of faith. Standing with His Word. The only people afraid of dying are the people who have an uncertain future. David said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. The more you speak it, the more you'll believe it. David had a speaking faith and we too must have a speaking faith. Now, if we side with the disease and pain, there's no healing for us. But when we take sides with the word and we repudiate the disease and the sickness, our confession gives us possession. Faith is governed by our confession. Faith is governed by our confession. You're not going to rise any higher than the level of your confession. If I say I've been prayed for and I'm now waiting for God to heal me, I have repudiated my healing. 
My confession should be this. The Word of God declares that I am healed, and I thank Father God for my healing. I praise Him for my healing because it is a fact. My healing is a fact. My healing is a faith fact, and I rejoice in Jesus for what He has done. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> A lot of people have not taken these words seriously, nor the words of Matthew 6 about worry. If you have worry in your heart, and if you have worry coming out of your mouth, you don't have any faith. Now, why must prayer be made with thanksgiving? Because that means I know the thing is done. I've asked for it. Now I have it. So I thank Father God for it. And I praise the Lord for it. That's why Paul wrote, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I'm not worrying about it anymore. I have it. This generation will be judged harshly. You are known by what you believe and you are known by what you confess and you are known by what you repeat and we know who you believe and what you worship by what comes out of your mouth. I'm not going to get my healing. I have my healing. I have my healing because I have his word. And my heart is filled with rapture. Hallelujah. I have my healing because I have his word and his word is true. I said his word is true. I said his word is true. Now, you know, maybe i got to pause and deal with this. Sure, Hillary Clinton was an existential threat to Christianity. Absolutely. And this guy we have now, Mr. Potato Head, I call him, he's an ex- exist- existential threat to Christianity. Absolutely. And no genuine born of, bona fide born-again Christian can vote for abortion. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean i got to sit around like some little bird and just accept everything that's being shoved down my throat and call obvious lies truth. If it's a lie, it's a lie. And I don't care who's telling it. I mean, if I stood here right now tonight and I said, Jeremy, I am at my absolute perfect weight. I don't have one more ounce to lose. You ought to turn to Isaac and say, he's lying. I know he's lying. You know he's lying. Pastor Sue knows he's lying. He knows he's lying. Father God knows he's lying. The Holy Spirit knows he's lying. Jesus knows he's lying. He's lying. If it's a lie, it's a lie. Doesn't matter who's telling it. If it's a lie, it's a lie. Are you hearing me? If it's a lie, it's a lie. And everything the devil says is a lie, 100% of the time. And everything God says is the truth 100% of the time. See, and let me tell you what. This is how Christians give up answered prayer. 
by repeating lies. And it doesn't matter whose lie. Yeah, but you know, it's okay to repeat this lie because this is a Republican lie. I sure as heck am not going to repeat a Democrat lie, but it's okay, Pastor Gene, to repeat a Republican. No, if it's a lie, it's a lie. Am I helping anybody with this rant? Because some people, they got more invested in this uh, billionaire than they have invested in the Bible. My God. All right. So this is months and months ago. This is before a lot of this stuff happened. Months, in fact, this was more than a year ago. And I was so irritated in my spirit. And, and I was out praying. And I wasn't praying about it. But you know, I can multitask sometimes. And so I'm, I'm out praying and I'm doing my thing and I get just past the red barn and I'm thinking while I'm praying. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I know people, and if they died and they went to heaven, the first thing they would do is they would see if Trump was there to see if they could meet him, and they'd want to meet Trump before they wanted to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And apparently the Lord was listening to my thought, thoughts. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, they won't be there. Amen. And that's when I had the picture. See, you can make an idol out of anything. And it doesn't matter what you make an idol out of. If you have something in your life you put ahead of God, if you have something in your life you put ahead of, ahead of the Word of God, some, there are people here tonight, and you may not make it because of the way you treat your animals. Oh, smoochums. <laughs> Listen, if you treat your dog better than you treat your children, you are in jeopardy. Shout it out loud five times. My confession solves my problem. Yeah, yeah. You know, I said the other night, I think it was Wednesday night, that we didn't even own a new car until we were 35 years old. And, and I got people new to the church, and they're just looking at me a little sideways like they don't believe it. My brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, we came to the party later in life. You just believed what you heard here, and you got started earlier. That's why, that's why you're so blessed. Hallelujah. And these young people, oh man, what would that be like to grow up at Faith Christian Center and to, and to come out of the gate full of faith? Nothing would be impossible. Amen. Nothing would be impossible. Yeah, your confession solves your problem. Your confession of the Word of God solves your problem. Now, this is not Christian science or any of this so-called mind science religions because those folks believe that their mind is God. In fact, they actually say God is mind. We believe no such thing. We're not talking about making these confessions, trying to talk ourselves into it. And we're not making these confessions because we believe the sickness or disease isn't real. 
And we're not making these confessions because we believe our own minds are God. That's nonsense. No, we're making these confessions because we have decided to set ourselves in agreement with the living God, the creator of the universe, and what he has said about our situation. We confess God's word because like Abraham in Romans 4, we believe God's word to be true. I believe he is able. Say it out loud. I believe he's able, believe he's able. to deliver on what he has promised. Say it again. I believe my God is able to deliver on what he has promised. For the mind science person, they make confessions based on their own wills and their own ability to make it good because they think their mind is God. But we're making confessions based on God's word, believing in his ability to make his word good in our lives. And there's a vast di difference. One of them is a mental confession and affirmation. The other is a spiritual and a heart confession and affirmation based on the word of God. For us as believers, an affirmation or confession is an affirmation of our faith, but not faith in ourselves, not faith in our own ideas, not faith in our own minds or faith in our own ability, faith in God, faith in what God has said. Like David said in Psalm 116.10, I believed and therefore have I spoken. And you know as well as I do that we are continually affirming something. I said, you know as well as I do that we are continually affirming something. We are always confessing something. And I've forgotten all the phrases because I, I just deleted them out of my mind. You know, like, doesn't matter what I eat, I, I get fat, all of that stuff. I have so deleted all of that out of my thinking, I don't even remember any of it. What's the one about the barrel? I'm, I'm, I'm so far down in the barrel, the barrel's on top of me. All of that stuff. It's all just, just cliches and negative talk that this world repeats. And we need to replace it all with confessions based on the Word of God. And I'm, I'm amazed because every time, I, I, every year I read the Bible through, I'm amazed at all the stuff in the Bible, and it's been there the whole time, but it never caught my attention before. How in the world could I be 65 years old and Deuteronomy 7.15 never arrested my attention? I was astounded this year when I got to Deuteronomy 7.15. I asked the Lord, I said, how could I be 65 years old and how could I have read the Bible through all these times and Deuteronomy 7.15 never one time caught my attention? It says, the Lord my God keeps me free from every disease. What a confession. Yeah. You know, so guess what happened? It went on the list. It went on the list. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Gene, if I confess all that, it might take as much time as watching a friend's rerun. Well, you'll get more out of it. Say it out loud. The Lord my God has promised to keep me free from every disease. All right, so if that's what the Word of God says, and it does, and if God is a truth teller, and He is, and if the Word of God is true, which it is, exactly which disease should you be afraid of? Shouldn't be afraid of any of them. You know, you can't relate to this, but back in the 80s, nobody knew what AIDS was. You can't relate to it. They, they didn't know what it was. 
Somebody came to me and asked me to go and to pray for a friend. And I didn't really know the story or the background. And I went and there were all kinds of warning signs on the door. Do not enter, contagious disease, deadly disease, all of these warning signs. I didn't think a thing of it. I just walked right on in. And the, the guy's in a tent. Didn't think anything of it. I just reached under there, took hold of his hand. I said, you want me to pray? And I prayed for him. I didn't think a thing of it. I didn't go home and say, now, now, now sister, I need to be quarantined in the garage for two weeks. I don't even think I told her where I'd been. Now, I'm smart. I wash my hands. Whenever we leave a hospital, I tell Austin, wash your hands. We're smart. We use common sense, but we don't live in fear. There's a difference between using common sense and, and living in fear. I heard in a champion builder group just yesterday, there's a guy in this church and his sister lives in California and, you know, they're still locked down. They got the masquerade and all of that stuff. And, and whenever she goes to the grocery store or the, the drug store, wherever she's going, and they say, well, you got to put a mask on. She says, I can't. She says, I have CS. Oh, okay. They just assume that's some medical condition. She says, I have CS. What does that stand for? Common sense. <laughs> See, if the Lord keeps me free from every disease, what do I have to be afraid of? Amen. Talk to me. What do I have to be afraid of? Okay. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to date somebody with Ebola and kiss on them. <laughs> I mean, I got to use common sense. Amen. Amen. You got to stay warm in the winter. Smith Wigglesworth, I read that in a Smith Wigglesworth book. He would tell ministers, make sure you stay warm in the winter. Just this morning, you know, I get out there and I do one lap and I thought, hey, well, actually, I didn't think the Holy Spirit told me, you need a hat. I went back in the house, I got a hat. We got to use common sense. Amen. We can't put the Lord to the test. I mean, there's no point in going out this week spending $100,000 on credit cards and then confessing it all be paid before the 1st of April because that would be what? April Fool's. <laughs> no, I, I can't just step out there in foolishness. I can't step out there in presumption. I've got to be a doer of the Word of God. But while I'm a doer of the Word of God, I absolutely do not have to live one minute of my life in fear. Because I can walk by what God has said. Say it out loud again. My confession, my confession solves my problem. Solves my problem. Say it again. My confession, my confession of the word of God, the word solves, of God. solves my problem. Solves my Say it again. My confession, my confession of the word of God, the word of God solves, my problem. solves my problem. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, 
God's very own child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.